Welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and uh, sitting here with the Dr. Frank Schultz, who has got enough IPAs with him to afford himself a free BHA membership, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> when did you start drinking IPAs? I don't know. When I was 12. <laughs> well, you've been... Well, when I first met you, you were a butt-heavy guy. Yeah, drinking butt-heavies? Oh, no, I don't know. I've always drank these on and off. Yeah. Yep, I like them. The old Sierra. Yeah, little Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I know um, where a, one of the a sign is for that that's tacked to a tree that every I, time I every time I go by it I'm like oh yeah I know I'm that sure I Frank, think I know the sign yeah. you're talking about yeah not the kind of sign that I don't think I'd hang in my front yard but no. <laughs> some people are right into that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah totally I'm still sticking with the red white and blue oh, I guess PBR huh it was the cheapest of I don't know there's. The cheapest of you the tolerable. You find some hams or some Olympia the, or something like the, that. Cheapest of the tolerable. Of the tolerable stuff. Yeah. I'm not going with like the Natty Ice or, yeah. or the Milwaukee's Best. I like Old Milwaukee. Oh, nice. That's really cute. I like I like Old Milwaukee, but I don't like Milwaukee's Best stuff. Um, geez, for years when I was a kid, my parents had a store and it, you know, we sold basically everything it's like one of those new england stores that sells gasoline and groceries and beer and i mean we had fishing tackle and guns and all sort of different stuff my dad sold but geez for years when i was a kid the first customer store opened at seven and closed at seven the first customer of the day every day was a guy buying 240s of old milwaukee every single (laughs) day for years lived right up the road from the store and he'd walk down and Walk home with his two little brown bags with forties in them, and it wasn't his last trip to the store. Of the day, but <laughs> he was the the first one there in the morning. Man, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just couldn't do it as much as I love beer. I don't my, think I could. I don't well, think I could hang with that program the best myself. Thing, the best thing, quote I know is my his old uncle Tracy, who was on a few you know a little while back, told me one time. He said, "I tried to be an alcoholic." He said to be an alcoholic, you gotta you gotta drink every day. He said, oh. and I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. I've also heard people say you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. I have heard that one. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know why. I don't know whether it's the taboo or. I just never get a hankering for it till after noon unless you're like out ice fishing or something <laughs> you know all right, bets right. are off be, at any, that it point. could be any time of day once <laughs> yeah. you're on the ice yeah i've been doing a little ice fishing um last couple of weeks my buddy put his his uh ice shack out and fishing a kind of a difficult lake to fish but caught some fish it's nice. pretty nice had nick come down and that's where I he could, caught his bait laker it's where he caught his bait laker um I think I've hurt his feelings a little bit because he sent me that picture and I was like, oh, what's that bait for? <laughs> uh, that's a nice fish. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it like 10 pound lake or something yeah. like that. And unbeknownst to me is I didn't realize that Nick had never caught a laker. He's like, oh, I've caught every single fish in this damn state and I can't seem to catch a laker. I was like, <laughs> oh, let's go down. I'll try and get you a laker. So we went down a couple of times the first time we didn't get anything, but he got one the second time, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. It's always nice to see somebody that hasn't hasn't got something. In my mind, I think that's really cool to have someone that um you know, if somebody hasn't caught a Laker, put them on one, you know, that's oh, fun. Yeah. 
It's like uh, like anything, I guess. It's nice to see other people doing doing things that I couldn't even count the amount of lake trout that I've caught. I like to catch lake trout a lot. Yeah. Of all the freshwater It fish. seems like that's, I mean, there's like a specific group of guys that, man, when you get, you get hooked on lake trout fish and they could give a shit about anything else. That's it, too. It's like you're catching these fish and they're old, you know? Yeah. I think that that has a lot, like... That has a ton to do with it, you know, in my mind anyway, is to catch a fish, not only catch it and know that it's super old, but to let it go and know that you could, you or whoever else can catch the thing again. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. I guess the one, I, I've never, pers- haven't pursued it much. I mean, we caught a couple decent Lakers this last spring ice fishing. The one, the only like I'd consider big one I caught was like 25 pounds with Skip. Yeah. I caught that one and ended up keeping it. It was not doing too well, and it was a male. Well, whatever. It wasn't I mean, a big hen, you know. I'm so. waiting to catch the right one. I've caught, I've caught so many that are like the right size, the right almost everything. Because I want to get one mounted. Yeah, I want to yeah. have Skip do a skin mount for yeah. me. And God, every single time, I'm like, oh, this isn't the color that I wanted. Or so it's yeah. like something. It's like the fish that I want. Is like very specific. I already it's like yep. branded in my brain, like exactly what I want. So I finally caught one. Jesus must have been like five years ago, and it probably weighed like I think it was twenty three pounds. Yeah, and it was the right size. It was the right color scheme and everything. But Skip does a skin mount, and somebody else had caught this fish. It looked like probably at least a year, probably a couple, two or three years yeah. prior. Yeah. And they pulled it out of the the friggin' hole and they set it on the ice and it ripped. And they, not only on one side, but both sides. So down by the tail, it was all the scales and everything and color were like worn off of it. Oh. Where they had, you know, you can't lay fish on the ice around here. No. like Unless you plan on, you're killing them, you're eating them. Yeah. Um, you got to pull them up out of the hole. Like I have these grabbers, they're called... Um, it's the same ones Bo- you had Boga pike grips, we exactly. Pike fishing, yeah. And you pinches the lip. It's got a scale, and that's like you can unhook them easy, hold on to them without actually handling the fish. Yeah. But so when I get the fish to come up, I grab them by the lip with that, and then pull them out of the hole. And you can't touch them on the ice, especially when it's thirty-five below zero. Oh, They're yeah. just stuck on the ice instantly. Yep. So um, that fish that I had caught. That I was finally like, oh, this is the one. I saw it go by the hole, and I was kind of like, oh, yes, it's perfect. It's the right size. It's the right color. And I pulled it up, and I was like, oh, some asshole laid <laughs> this thing on the ice. Oh, but it was good man. to see. At least the fish was okay. Oh, you yeah. Know? Not that it but, didn't kill it. They, uh, yeah. The one I caught, I mean, I we wouldn't have killed him if, if he had been, I don't know, if it hadn't been in better shape. But... uh he was like twenty five pounds, a male, and uh, that's a like big, full big male like trout. bright orange belly and yeah, like nice accents. Like he was a really cool colored fish. Um, he has that. He skinned that. Yeah, right? he yeah. he has that. We're mounting that one. Right on. So yeah, that's. I don't know. I've got I've got a lot of interests and hobbies that I dump money into. Well. <laughs> that's. One thing I guess I just have maybe purposefully avoided getting getting its hooks into me is lake trout fishing. Well, yeah, and it's like once I mean if you have a fishing rod and you got you know, I mean, it all depends on where you go, like how to fish for them too, oh, yeah. like what lake you're going to. So, 
I don't know. It's it's all different, but I mean, all things considered, I think most guys already have a fishing rod and a reel. Yeah. And some 20-year-old line on it that you can take off yeah. for $10, put new line on or whatever. But fishing's pretty inexpensive of a hobby. I mean, all, you know, I mean, I guess you can totally geek out I guess I'm talking about like, like anything. But like, you know, brand new big auger whole, oh, yeah. uh, you know, just in yeah. some of the effort some of these guys put in to get into some, you know, like the more yeah. remote lakes yeah. and whatnot. <clears throat> yeah. I'm well, still yeah, on, I'm still of... on a burbot kick, man. Like I still got spring, the, since you caught yeah. some bourbon finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still like excited. That's the one thing about this, uh, you know, this trip we're going to do again this spring. Oh, the just thinking about the first the first trip. Man, I we're staying an extra day on we're our trip up extra, this year for I, sure. The first trip because you know it's going to be the same time. It'll be the same. It's good. Well, hopefully, I mean, I say that. Be the, hopefully, be the same conditions. Be the same conditions altogether, and it's those big fish are there that first that first trip. Um, I'm excited about it too. I know we were texting back and forth about it like a couple of weeks ago. I was yeah, like, man, I'm ready to go up and catch some fish. It's just like how many. I just keep thinking of that first trip because I intended on trying to fish for burbot the first trip too. But you got so we caught never, up. When I don't we're think just, we ever had bait though, or something. There was something. There was like that's a what it was. We were gonna. Think, yeah. We were gonna keep a pike, either a pike or a shefish to eat in camp. And use some of it and use you know like and use like belly or or whatever you know discarded skin or something for bait. Yeah, uh, for burbot, and we just never kept one. And it was well, like it was because hard to, I remember now what the deal was is we didn't realize like the magnitude of what we were getting involved with. We didn't even have coolers. We didn't have any way. It was like 80 degrees outside. We yeah. had nowhere to store fish. Yeah. So it was like we really did Because that was just a secondary thing. It was thing, exactly. Yeah. We're going to put baits in and like if there's fish, then okay, we'll catch a few fish. But it was like, it was a whole game changer at that point. I mean, it was like I fished until I was sore when I woke up the next morning. Like I can't even remember. Well, I mean, I don't know time. how many hours we sat in the same spot in catching fish after fish after fish and all like, you know, you could probably big just pike. stay there for days and never even move and just continually catch fish every single cast for yeah. days on end. Yeah. It was nuts, but I just I've just that's like one of the things that haunted me cuz the second trip obviously where uh well, we you know, were quite we, a bit more prepared more to keep, prepared. keep fish and catch burbot and everything. Well, yeah. we came, when we got down there with your bear, as soon as they said, because the water dropped a bunch, as soon as they were like, oh, it's all little pike in here now. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I want to- Burbot time. Burbot time. <laughs> and I mean, what, it wasn't 30 seconds after that thing hit the, after that bait hit the bottom, I had one on. Yeah. And, and I, I like little, little pike. It's like, oh, it's all little pike now. It's like, it's because we were catching pike that were like 43, 45 inches <laughs> yeah. before. It's like, oh, they're only 30, 32 inch pike now. You know? yeah. like, most people would give you their arm for something like that. And we're like, oh, too bad. They're all small now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we'll mess with these burbot. But it's haunted me to be like, all right. Because when you get majorly predatory fish piled into a small area, all the fish, like the she fish, you know, yeah. All the fish that are in there tend to be. There's not any little fish. No, because they wouldn't last. They very wouldn't long. last very long. Yeah. 
So I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of burbot we're in here when the first, yeah, the, the first time, time around, yeah, I mean, because the burbot you caught the second time around were nice fish. They were big. I don't burbot. think there was a single one that were as small as the ones we caught locally here. Oh no, heck no. No. I mean, and then yeah, we're even getting picky with them. Like, ah, we'll only keep the the really big ones because they're easier to clean. Yeah, but man, talk about some good fish! Oh, yeah, it's amazingly good. Um, they're not. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to clean them, and I just went about it cleaning them just like I did lingcod, and you get all the meat off of them. You know, the whole. Yeah. I know a lot of guys do that. Like you. You cut around their head and then you peel the skin off. Like a catfish can, type of... You do like this four... You end up with like a four fillet, the belly fillets and everything. And it's... I don't know. I get all that, but it comes off in two rather than four yeah. fillets. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just in my mind, so long as you're getting all the meat off the fish, it's not going to taste any different. Whether no. it's in two pieces or four pieces. Yeah. <laughs> It's all going to end up in cubes that look like chunks of lobster anyway for the most yeah. most of the time yeah. anyhow. But yeah, I guess, and I guess before, almost even forgot to bring it up, uh, you've had a little bit of exploding gun action lately, huh? Yeah, there's a, on Sunday we had a little um, mishap, I guess we get right into that, huh? Talk about that. Might as well, I guess. Um, I don't know, I could even start too, because Frank. I don't know, you texted or called me something about that. Long story short, it was ammunition. We think, we suspect, and you know, we'll like flesh this out totally, so yeah. we're not jumping to conclusions, but I think it was ammunition that was, uh, you know, factory-loaded stuff that I had given him yeah. a while back that I had had sitting around for a couple of years. I've had it for three years. Well, the... The date stamped on the inside of the box is four four fourteen. So yeah, I remember when I bought it. I, I granted, remember buying it. Ammo doesn't go bad for the most part. You yeah. know, it's like it can be from two thousand and ten. It can be from nineteen eighty seven. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time, stuff's gonna shoot. And I personally um, think that there's some kind of an issue with the powder. Um, too much powder um but to start the whole thing i guess <clears throat> um my girlfriend goes skiing by my house and one of my neighbors has got a rottweiler that a couple of months ago i went just for a walk and was walking by and the dog came running out and i mean i don't know if you've ever had a rottweiler that's looking aggressive coming at you but it's about like a getting charged by a black bear i was scared and what do you you know you just turn around and i just started running right at the dog when it was running at me it was like you know yeah show this dog that we're either going to meet head on and i reached in my pocket all i had was my leatherman yeah i reached in my pocket and i flipped the blade out and i ran straight at the dog and i was like you're gonna bite me but this is not gonna end good for you you know and the dog stopped but it came out in the road it came off their property which it's a whole nother can of worms. Pisses me off. If you're going to have a dog, fine. Keep it on your property. If you can't keep it on your property, chain it to a friggin' tree. Which it's, it, sound, it is it the law. It sounds shitty, but if you want to have a dog, that's it. It's cut and dry, just like that in my mind, you know? Yeah. I shouldn't be feeling nervous walking by someone's house because they have a dog that they can't keep control of their own animals. Yeah. So... That was months ago. Nothing happened. So my girlfriend goes skiing on the weekends out at my house. And she went skiing down there a couple weekends ago. And 
the dog came running out at her. Well, she like yelled at it and stopped it, but it still it came out in the road. And I was like, this is bullshit. I don't want to have to worry about you every time you go want to go do something around here. You shouldn't have to worry about mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So she's never really had guns or shotguns or anything before. So this summer I got her going to 22 shooting. Mm-hmm. She's lethal injection. She's a good yeah. shot. Like a lot of women are really good yeah. shots. I've noticed over the years. Um, so I was like, you know, I think that you should take a pistol with you. Well, I've never shot one. I was like, well, I have this nice little 380 auto, um, Ruger and it's perfect. Goes right in your pocket. No big deal, but it's got a little bit of a, I mean, it's not, it doesn't kick. Like it's going to break your arm or anything. They are a little bit snappy because it's a really small gun, short barrel. Um, so uh, Sunday morning we broke out the twenty two, and I was like, "We'll start with a twenty two Ruger revolver, mm-hmm. single action. Yeah. Like, you know, unload it, explain everything, have her load it, and she shot it like six times or whatever." Yeah. Okay, this isn't bad. And she's like, even I was just like, just shoot the thing at the ground, like. So you get a couple of shots and yep. get a feel for it kind of yep. thing. You know, don't worry about aiming and anything like mm-hmm. that. So she a couple shots, shot. She's like, okay, this isn't bad. I was like, okay, now aim, you know, use the sights and aim, see, look for something because there's snow everywhere. I'm like, just look for a stick and shoot at the top of the stick. And then you'll see the hole in the snow and be like, oh, I'm off to the left or I'm off to the right or whatever. And kind of, you know, try and figure out how to hold the thing. She was shooting everything she aimed at, like immediately. Yeah. So I went inside and I grabbed uh, my 380. And I was like, yeah, I have it always loaded. I didn't actually go inside. I went out to my snow machine because I carry it all the time in my snow machine. I got a little bag on the handlebars and it's yeah. kind of like my easy access, quick to get at. I got a pistol on me. Mm-hmm. So I went out, grabbed it, brought it in and it had um, full metal jacket rounds in it, is yeah. what, I, what I normally carry in it. But I didn't want to shoot them because I only had what was in the magazine yeah. left. So I ejected them all out of the out and pulled out some of the stuff from the stuff you gave me, which is like that. And it's uh, it's that uh, it's nothing it's, I would ever use. Well, it's except that for flinging bullets into the snow. Or, but it's you know? that rip ammo. Yeah, I, I remember why. You know, it's the type. It's one of those like kind of aggressive looking copper frangible stuff that yeah. you just can't walk. Like, you can't walk by it and not buy a box <laughs> type of ammo. So I had bought a box of this. I was like, oh, that stuff looks nasty for a few years ago, and I had never shot any of it. Then what was it a couple years ago? I was like, well, do you want, you know, going through my shit, do you want this, Frank? Or Anyway. Okay, so I said, this is going to be a little bit different when you shoot this. It's a different gun. So I first went over, you know, this is, you know, Different action. It's not a revolver. You pull the clip out, and then you rack around in, and you just start squeezing the trigger, and it ejects the shell. It puts another one in, so every time you pull the trigger, it'll shoot, shoot, shoot. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'll put in... So what did I put in? I put in four rounds in the magazine, and... Racked one in, and I was like, I'll shoot two times... And then I'll take the round that's chambered out, pull the cl- pull the magazine out, 
hand you everything and you can show me how to put it all back together, get it loaded and get it ready to shoot. So I shot two times, fine, pulled everything apart, handed her the pistol. I was like, okay, you remember how I put the each round in the magazine and then put the magazine in and then run it and get a get it so that it's hot. Mm-hmm. She did everything. It was totally fine. I was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to stand right here next to you and shoot the thing. I was like, just like before, don't aim, just shoot and f- get a feel for it before yeah. you, you know, you're trying to be like, oh, well, I'm not hitting anything kind of thing. Don't worry about that first. Feel the feel what the shooting the gun feels like mm-hmm. first. So because it ejects out of the right side, I stepped around kind of like off her left shoulder to to her left side, but not right to her left, kind of like a little behind her. I mean, I wasn't standing directly behind her, mm-hmm. but I was off her left shoulder. So we're standing on my back porch. She stice here, squeeze, 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 squeeze. And I'm trying to watch her hand to see how much recoil there is. Yeah. Because it's like you can, I can feel it when I shoot, but I can't, I'm not like looking at somebody to see mm-hmm. what it looks like. Yep. So I'm looking at her hand and she shoots. And of course you blink and you open your eyes again. And it looks like her, I mean, her hand didn't even look like it moved. But she immediately put the gun, took it out of her right hand and put it in her left hand and was like, ow. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, it didn't even look like it kicked at all. Like it didn't even shoot almost. Yeah. And then I looked I looked at her right hand first and it was black, like burned up powder all yeah. over the inside of her hand and I could see blood. Like just a pin drop of blood on her trigger finger, like behind her second knuckle. Yeah. And I was like, What the fuck? I'm like then I look at the pistol and I'm like, Holy shit. The pistol has ex- literally you looked at it. Oh yeah. It exploded. So I freaked out. I thought that I immediately thought that her, one of her fingers at least was broken. Or I'm like looking at her hand, thinking that there should be flaps of skin and blood yeah. start pouring out of her kind of thing. And she seemed totally fine. Like I was freaking out. And like she, was she didn't get it. Totally yeah. calm. She <laughs> yeah. did not un, like. Yeah. Didn't grasp the whole magnitude of what had just happened. Yeah. Well, I took the gun. We go right inside. I put the gun down on the table, and I'm like making sure that she doesn't have broken fingers, that there's, you know, everything's fine. I'm like, there's pieces, like, there's pieces all over my deck. There's what ended up finding, I found one of the pieces, I still couldn't find all the pieces of the thing, Mm -hmm. but I found one piece 30 feet away. Literally pieces of the gun flew by my head and face, like, inches away. So, inside, we're, she's totally fine like nothing i mean so lucky so i'm like well i gotta i mean look at this gun like i need to get i mean there's this is so this is sunday morning so nobody's you know i can't just like immediately call ruger yeah you know so i get the box of ammo and i find their website and i'm more like you know i i know ruger will be easy to get in touch with but i'm like to find out how to get in touch with this ammunition company so i'm like I start looking at the pistol. I'm like, well, yeah, it blew all this plastic and stuff off. What the blood came from on her finger was the spring that keeps the tension on the trigger, yep. like pushes yep. it back forward when you, and it's just like one of those little coil with wire with little points on yeah, it that like yeah. hooks over in two spots. 
that thing had blown out the side and blew into her finger and just, just like the tip of a it tiny poked little into her bit finger, poked yeah. a little tiny hole in her skin and it was literally like a pinhead yeah. of blood kind of thing um so i'm looking at the pistol trying to determine what cut her and i'm like holy shit the whole barrel is split in half so then i'm like okay the gun is jammed shut and i don't know whether it's put another round a live yeah. round in there and ejected the case or if the case never came out so i took a chopstick and i lined it up on the barrel to like okay well if i i don't want to go looking down the yeah. barrel the gun yeah. obviously you know so I take a chopstick and I put it to where, okay, if there's a round in there, it'll stop here. If there's not, it'll go all yep. the way into the brass. Yep. So I shoved it in there and it was the case that fired that was stuck in there. Yep. So um, then I get a flashlight and I point the thing and like look down the barrel. Well, the barrel split the entire bottom of the barrel all the way out to the to the end of it is split. And then the top is split three quarters of the way, and then the split circles around and connects into the split in the bottom of the barrel. The entire, I mean, basically the entire action of the pistol is split directly in yeah. half. And really, the only thing from what I was looking at that was keeping it from all falling apart was that that case had ruptured into the splits in the barrel. And, it, like, and then the case everything together, the, you know, because yeah. you have the extractor holding that slide closed. That yep. case is what's holding everything together. But so yeah, after that, the next thing that I did was because of seeing that brass like shredded like that in there, I went to the manufacturer of the ammunition's website and they had like f- three months after that, all that ammo. They recalled, but not for 380s, for 45 Glocks, I think is 45 what 45 ACP. Yes. But, and didn't you explain that they, it said it, that that ammo should have still been safe for any anything, supported chamber? Any supported chamber, exactly. And it was all recalled or just don't shoot it. Basically, what, and then what the guy that I been in, have been in contact with for a couple of days said was... Um, it shouldn't be shot in Glocks at all. Yeah. So, but at, at any the, rate, but the, the forty-five. Yes, that that particular, that particular lot. Ammo. So yeah. this stuff that I have for three eighty, there's no, there's never been any kind of an issue with. But it was from right around the exact same time. Yeah. So, um, after I read that, I was like, well, maybe it's the. You know, I'm already leaning towards it's the ammunition. Yeah. So online, there's no phone number for this company. And I'm not going to sit there on my phone as my only way to email and like write some email and explaining everything. I'm like, I want a phone number. So I sent him an email and just said, a gun blew up in my hand. I didn't say my girlfriend or anything. I was like, gun blew up in my hand using your ammo. I need a phone number to talk with somebody about this. They were right on it on Monday morning. Like I woke up and had an email from them like, oh my God, is anybody hurt? Well, you know, kind of thing. And this is like our protocol for what happens. They, they wanted the rest of the ammo. So backtrack a little bit. I go outside and I'm looking for parts and I found the cases. One of the two cases 
that I had shot, and they were I showed you those as well. Bulged, they're bulged out, yeah. bad where they're not where they weren't supported. Yep. So, in my mind, because I do some reloading, you know, I'm not like crazy reloading all the time, but I do enough reloading that I know when you go a couple grains over, it gets hot sometimes with rifles. I don't reload pistol ammunition, yeah. but it gets a little hard sometimes. Like it'll and expand. I've seen that know? on some handguns where, or you know. You go pick up brass at the handgun range. You'll find some sometimes that typically it's in it's it's uh, in like Glocks. You'll see it. A lot of other hangings. You'll see it where not the entire case isn't fully in the chamber, like a, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. a high power rifle cartridges. Yeah, you know, you have a portion of that because they're a lower pressure. Yeah, type of cartridge, mm-hmm. you know. So if you get too, you get over pressures. Sometimes you'll start to see that little bit of a bulge. Yeah, where where in the portion that's well, not contained. So by the seeing that, yeah. I was like, okay, well, this, you know, I'm gonna have to gamble on. It's this is the ammunition, not the the pistol manufacturer, mm-hmm. kind of an issue. Yeah. Well. What the email went on to say was, you need to send us the ammunition, any cartridges you can find, any cases you can find that are that yeah. you've shot already, and then you need to send us the pistol, because we're going to have our team of gurus or whatever yeah. are going to go over this whole thing and determine exactly what where the you know fail was. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm thinking to myself, okay, well maybe I should contact Ruger as well. Before I just go ahead and start sending all this stuff yeah. to these people, and they're like, you know, they're all about like everything. And then I end up talking to this guy on the phone. And he's just like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy that no one was injured, that there was nothing bad became yeah. this kind of thing." And um, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I want to call Ruger and see what they say before I just package all this stuff up and send it to you." So I called Ruger, and you know, their customer service is very specific like right down to exactly an lcp yeah this is the gun i'm calling for this is someone that you're going to talk to is in the lcp department um i get on the phone and there were like right off the bat rude to me like talking like i'm trying to explain what happened and they were they talking over me and telling me that it's probably without even like hearing the entire story oh it was probably the ammunition and Hmm. Didn't even ask if I or who, like, who was shooting the gun or if everyone was okay. I yeah. was pissed off. I lost lost a lot of respect for Ruger in one phone call with for about five, in five minutes. I was pissed. I ended up hanging up the phone, like, not even ending Man. the conversation. I was like, this is bullshit. You're, like, almost blaming me over yeah. the telephone without even hearing the entire story from me. So... I got off the phone with them and I called back the ammunition manufacturer again and I was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about Ruger. I'm not really I'm not really fit to talk about them right now." <laughs> um, but I was like, "I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to get everything coming to you guys." And cuz they were like, "Look, we'll either, you know, once we determine it's the ammo, which and even talking to the guy on the phone, he's like, "It is." You know, yeah. was, he's like, I reload too. And he's like, if you know enough to know that there's bulged cases and that the case is stuck in there, blown apart and stuff. And he's yeah. like, I almost guarantee that there was something went wrong in the reloading process here. Yeah. Um, so they're going to, 
any like any um, cost that occurred to me to get them the gun, the ammo, everything. They're gonna look over it. They'll tell me exactly their findings and with the ammo that I send them, and then they'll either cut me a check for the cost of um, a brand new pistol of that exact same make and model, or um, actually buy me a new pistol that exact That's same nice. pistol yeah because it's easy you know it's easy to just like swear you know swear off company or whatever but how they deal with situations like that it's, it's is huge yeah huge, you yeah. know it's what the guy said to I me mean, he was really awesome to deal with like no no bullshit kind of thing you know he's yeah. just like I don't know how many times he was just like, I am so happy that no one was hurt. Yeah. Which, in my mind, I don't give a shit. I'll throw the pistol into a pond. I don't yeah. care. So long as nobody was hurt kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, in my mind, is huge. My other big concern is, she was already on the fence about guns and shooting and stuff. I get her shooting, get working into it. What are the freaking chances that the first time you ever pull the trigger on a pistol that you finally have like let your guard down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn how to shoot. And I'm going to actually, when I need to take a pistol with me in my pocket or in a, you know, yeah. and the gun blows up in her fucking hand. I was like, do you know how hard it's going to be for me to get her to shoot again? Yeah. And that's, that's like aside from, you know, taking into account that she didn't get hurt. Like that's obviously number one priority. Yeah. But that's like the biggest thing of all of it. And, you know, I mean, you and I have talked back and forth. Yeah. How many between all of the rounds I've fired or seen fired a million? Yeah, I, I don't know. Mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's what I keep, and that's I was what I keep like, running I through my head. I'm like, I personally have never seen one bullet, but when it's that person's very first experience. It's, it's unbel oh, unbelievable, man. It's I like just, when, like I was telling you, when I got in that, you know, pretty when got in that accident and totaled the truck with my son. Yeah. You know, when he was just barely a year old, you know, he didn't get hurt at all or neither one of us really got a scratch. But, man, it was, like, scary to get back in a vehicle and drive anywhere I, after that. I told you yesterday, I was, after about 20 minutes, I was sitting there and I, I'm, you like, I'm just trying to process all this stuff. It's like slow setting in. Yeah. Things happen like that. And I started feeling sick. Like, I was like, I'm going to puke. This is like, I seriously feel ill, yeah. like sick at my stomach. And I sat around for a while and she kept being like, are you okay? You know? And I was like, am I okay? Are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. Really? You know? I was like, yeah. this is messed up. Like, this could have not ended anything like it did. Yeah. Like, nowhere near. Um. And I was spooked enough that I was like, I need to pick up. I went and grabbed a pistol and I loaded it up and I went out on the back deck and I was like, I just got to shoot right now. Like, yeah. I got to get this out of my system. This is scared me. Yeah. I need to like pick up another pistol right now within an hour of this happening. And mm -hmm. I went out on my back porch and started shooting. Yeah. It's, I mean, kind of relating back to that truck accident and situations like that. I don't know all sorts of situations that I think a lot of times it's worse, the what ifs or how you, when you start thinking about the different ways yeah. is what really scares you. I mean, like that truck accident, I, I mean, yeah, it scared the shit out of me. 
you yeah. know, but as soon as like figured out, all right, A, my kid's okay. Like we're, you know, and, yeah. and, and you know, A, me and my, my kid are okay. And then everybody else involved is okay. It's like, all right, you know, but then what it, what it's the took run, me for rides when running. I went back to clean out, get stuff out of that truck. Yeah, and you look at it. And I look at it, and I'm like, shit, if, like, my wife had been sitting in, like, anyone's been sitting in the passenger seat, they probably would have lost their legs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, then, I mean, it was almost more than I could handle. There's so much stuff, man. Like, we're so strong, you know, humans. Like, your body can go, like, withstand amazing amounts of trauma and be okay. Or it's like, you can roll your ankle and fall down and thump your head and be dead like yeah. with like you could go through like a 10 rollover 10 rolls in a vehicle and stand up and walk away from it or you can slip in your driveway literally on the ice yeah. and hit your head and be dead like uh, instantly that's real freaking crazy the other day I, I don't know what did i tell you i was 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 it yesterday morning i was in the house and i was walking from well, kind of the living room into the kitchen around the 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 counter there, and I knocked a you know just a glass mason jar with a little bit of water, and it knocked it off the counter, and it was hitting the floor at my feet, and I just kind of I was wearing socks, and I instinctively kind of like popped my feet back. Oh, to avoid broken to avoid glass. broken glass, uh-huh. and my feet went out from under me, just wham right on my uh, face. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was not my proudest moment, but. Never. Yeah, yeah but you'll, you got two kids watching. You're like, you didn't see that. You didn't see that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, do all kinds of stuff, you know, and uh, you know, not fall, whatever, and then and then wipe out like that. And the funniest part was my wife is in another room. She, what happened in my my three year old son? You know, I got a three year old son and a one year old daughter. He says, Sadie threw that cup at Dad and knocked him down. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yep, she did. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she can't defend herself. Blame her. <laughs> but yeah, needless. Well, I think she's going to make up for it by as soon as she figures out she can just start crying and get him in trouble. Oh, boy. She's oh, yeah. going to be the naughty one of the two, I think. Oh, boy. But uh, yeah, needless to say, man, I mean, that was yeah, it's a scary else, deal. Man. And I it's really... and I felt, and we, you know, we had this discussion, it's like, yeah, I don't blame myself, but still, I'm like, no, I feel like I shit because I, ga- I gave you the ammo. That was, well, and whatever, and that's just exactly what I said to you, too. I was like, in no way, shape, or form does this have anything to do with you, you know? Like, so you gave me ammo. Obviously, if you knew that there was, like, each one of those round, 380 rounds was, like, a miniature hand grenade, you wouldn't have given them to yeah, me, you I know? It's like, them in the obviously, you know, no, that has got nothing to do with you. I'm just I'm just so grateful that no one was hurt myself or or her and yeah I mean I'm glad that it can be a story that can be told and rather than you know some kind of saga that you know, somebody's you missing know? fingers or a whole hand or whatever um, yeah it's really something else I'm like what are the I. I said to her last night, I was like, I know Google's searching has been done before, but I was like, I guarantee you that living in Fairbanks, Alaska, you're probably more likely to be bit by a shark than a gun exploding in your hand. Yeah. You're more likely to be struck by lightning than a gun exploding in your hand. Yeah. All sort of different different shit that's like, 
this stuff just doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And especially, yeah, especially in those circumstances when it's not like, you know, you take all of the fairly rare accounts of, of guns blowing up and you eliminate like barrel blockages. Right. If you just take the percentage uh, or like just the number of, of gun failures like that or, or dramatic failures, guns blowing up yeah. due to factory ammo that's over pressure somehow, mm-hmm. it's like just absolutely <clears throat> minuscule. Yeah. You know, and that goes to say um, it's definitely a case for, I, I especially shooting handguns, you know, I don't do as well as I should. I try to, especially with handguns, uh, but it's a case for wearing eye protection, man, too. It, it really is. You she know. wears glasses, so yeah. luckily there's, a, you know, a good starting point. We obviously each had ear protection, and I always wear yeah. ear protection, but I'm I'm bad about eye protection. Yeah. Rarely, even when I'm working and stuff, I don't ever wear eye protection. I just had that nail. I shot myself nearly in the eye couple of months ago oh, yeah. did i tell you about that i think so where yeah. you were working on a stair i was stair doing room. i was finishing a set of stairs yeah and i had a brad nail that i shot at ricocheted two times and hit me in, i mean it gave me it looked like somebody punched me in the eye the yeah. black and blue eye um but it hit right in my eyelid right above above my eye and i was immediately i was like holy shit i just shot my eye out no safety glasses, like everybody always tells me to wear. Yeah. I went running upstairs, there was a mirror, and I ran into the bathroom, and I was just like, I hadn't opened my I eyes. Say, you run, it, you run up re- there, put on a pair of safety glasses, <laughs> and then you're your boss. I, well, there's no boss. I'm the oh, boss. Yeah. <laughs> there was no no one to put, like nothing at all. It's my, my deal. Um, I ran into the bathroom, and boop, I opened my eyes, standing in front of the mirror, and was like, Oh my God, I can see. (laughs) (laughs) I was fully convinced though. I was like, oh my God, you shot your eye out, kid, you dumbass. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's about the extent of it. Pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, so yeah, there I should I should smarten up and wear safety glasses, shooting, working, all, you know, all sort of different stuff. Um, but I don't know. I'm still probably won't, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Fishing is one I think people overlook sometimes for eye protection. Yeah. That's kind of an <laughs> odd one. A lot of times you're fishing, you have sunglasses on. Yeah. Though. At least I find that I do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm... I'm going to continue on shooting away. I just, I can't not, I can't let something like that stop me, you know? And I knew that's why I went right out. I just loaded up my, my, uh, my other, my revolver. And it was like, I need to go outside. And I tell you what, I shot off six rounds and came inside within 10 minutes. My stomach didn't hurt anymore. I was like, I needed to do that. Um, but yeah, really lucky, man. Really, really lucky. Um, and I'm glad that it's all, you know that I'm glad that it's over with and it's things are being taken care of. Um, I'd be real interested to to find out for sure. We'll have to. What I'll have to do is <clears throat> for for this um, 
for like the pictures you put with the podcast. With the podcast, I'll bring the pistol and we can take a couple of pictures of it. Yeah, and like show the actual crack, like that the barrel's blown apart. It's hard to see really, unless you're like can sit there and look at it and spin it all around. But yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I mean, you just you just look at it and you're like, oh, but you when you but start you digging start deep, you're like, this it. was catastrophic. Yeah, but uh, I guess I don't know all this. Depressing shit. Yeah, let's talk been, about uh, trapping. You've been you've been <laughs> catching some cats. I have them. I'm, I'm up on last year, and I still have over a month to go. So I'm pretty pretty excited for my second year of trapping. Um, yeah, there seems like there's. It's funny. The rabbit population seems to be like half of what it was in like middle of October, November. Although I guess I would interject, not to say that that it might not be. It seems like a lot of times they just disappear, like they go, and we don't have a ton of snow this year. Can I tell you where they're going? They're going into Lynx. Yeah. (laughs) It's where they're freaking going. It's not like I'm finding dead rabbits around. Yeah. You know? But it's like, there's a lot of Lynx around. A lot of cats, It's unbelievable. And it's still, I'll have them walk right by cubbies without, not even like walk up, stop and stand there and look at it just a set of tracks that they walk right by without even stopping Mm -hmm. so i've been i've been putting snares up and that's now that i'm like kind of think that i've figured out like how to set my traps and how to do my stepping sticks to get them to i say that but it's like you know first off i put a bunch of traps out i put them where there was either rabbits or Mm -hmm. cat tracks cat tracks yep and then i come back like three days later and the cat tracks are between they've crossed yeah. between where I've put traps. So I'm like, God damn it. So <laughs> I'll put a trap right here. And the first one that I caught this year, I put out another trap. I was like, well, fine. If you're going to go between where I put traps, I'll put another one right here. And I came back the next day and I had a cat in the trap that, that I had newly put out. Yeah. So, um, some of, and then some of the other, then they started walking by. I had one of them, one of my traps froze up. Cat stepped right on the trap, stepped directly on the trap. It didn't go off. Climbed into the cubby, turned around, stepped on the <laughs> trap again on the way out. So I was discouraged. You know, I'm like, God damn, no. There's one because I keep log like where all my traps are, how many I have out any like known misses and everything mm-hmm. i'm like well i got one tick on the miss side already frank's got a big like map in his in his living room with pins and stuff no, well, it's not quite that, that like crazy, a F, like a fbi manhunt exactly. command center it's like strings connected yeah. between thumbtacks <laughs> and stuff um so i got i popped that trap out got it set up properly and i want to say that I changed my stepping sticks a little bit. I must have done something because in a couple of weeks, nothing even went by that set. And then I went went back there one day and cat tracks right into the cubby, stepped all the way over my stepping sticks into the cubby, checked it out, and then stepped all the way over the stepping <laughs> sticks and the trap on the way out. And I was like, this is such bullshit. This is twice now that I should have had cat in this set. Yeah. So I raised my stepping sticks up, and the next day when I came around, I had a cat in that set. So I'm realizing that what I was thinking was like, 
to keep the stepping sticks lower that I, they're gonna if they're commit like if they're gonna go in there mm-hmm. they're gonna go and you need to have your stepping sticks like kind of high yeah is what I'm what I'm figuring out um so yeah so I caught another one yesterday um so I mean I'm not like setting any records by any means yeah for my second year of trapping and the last for year, the amount of line you're running too. It's exactly you know. right. Like my entire thing, you know, I've got, so I've got five wolf traps out. And at this point now, because they're walking by my sets, I started like blocking my trail and putting snares up. Of yeah. course, the first cat that walked through pushed the snare out of the way <laughs> and went right around the friggin' thing. I like tracks perfectly. I had moose knocking snares over and stuff. And it's like, oh man, not necessarily like knocking them over, but like yeah. pushing my wire so that the snare's like, out of you know construe and if a cat does come at that point yeah. in time you know you're not going to get them yeah so um i think i have 16 foothold sets and like four snares out or something like that and then five wolf sets so um the wolves were and doing. You have learned. Doing, oh man, wolf, wo- wolves are frustrating, man. Especially what did I tell you? What did I tell you last thing year? You told me that I'm going to be frustrated, and I certainly am. Um, the first thing I'll say is that we had a lot of snow last winter, and they stuck most of the time. Not always, but most of the time, two snow machine trails. We don't have maybe half the snow we had last year, yeah. if that. They just go everywhere. So it's like, I can't even, you know, they'll come through here one time and then over there the next time and over here a time after that. And it's like, I don't have enough gear to be to cover throwing all these, stuff yeah. all over, yeah. over the country, you know, and trying to like cover all this ground. So I finally was like, okay, they're coming through once a week or once every week and a half. I'm going to pop them right here. So I set up and... There was not too. I know there wasn't too much snow. The only thing I talked with Skip, and he said when they went through, they were probably running. Yeah, is why they weren't just like walking or cruising slow. Well, they were actually like moving because it was perfect. Like tracks right exactly everything that I had planned for, and the thing stepped right in the trap, and you could see it was the first one in line. Stepped right in the trap. Trap fired. No catch. And you can see all the other dogs so there's 12 of them and then you can like all the tracks just scatter everywhere Man. they're just literally just like going crazy some of them running back the trail that they came on some of them right some of them left but they're just like it's like a bomb went off of tracks and then the whole time well, and before the whole time you're riding up there like following these tracks you're like well oh, no shoot. it's because i oh. don't that the way that's set up is i don't know anything until i get oh, to right gotcha. where that trap okay. is but then i like backtrack and there's traps along the back track. Yeah. So the whole time I'm like, well, maybe oh. I got one hung up yeah. back down the line further somewhere. Not so much. They came from some weird spot and like hopped on the trail late. But that's the most frustrating thing because uh, like, cause it, cause it exactly worked. Where it, it worked. <laughs> it just didn't work. You know, it's odd. It's just so frustrating. Well, and so, weren't you telling me that that one was the male, the big male in that? It was. And he was I, always, it's crazy. I don't know yeah, that it's this the is, big male, but... So I'm following all these tracks for like a week before I actually have this happen. And there's one of them's got huge feet and he's always runs off to the side. 
Like all of them run in a line, literally put their feet in the exact Which same is typical. spots. Yep. Except for one of them with the bigger feet than any of the other ones runs off to the side. And I was like, this son of a bitch has watched brother, sister, mother, father, something, somebody get pinched or something bad go down running on a trail yep. for him to continually run yep. like that away from the other ones. That was the one that stepped in my friggin' track trap. Yeah. He cut in because it narrows down where they go into this trail, like come off yeah. of a snow machine trail and go off of it and onto this other trail. His tracks were off to the side, off to the side, off to the side, and you can see where they cut in, and he was the one that popped the trap, and then all the other tracks <laughs> scatter everywhere. And I was like, oh, man, of course. Not only was it didn't work, but it was the exact one that I wanted to catch actually stepped yeah. on the trap that I had out. So I don't know. I, you know, I talked to Skip a bunch about it and he was like, they were probably the reason he's like, if you're sure there wasn't too much snow and I just barely had the thing dusted, you know, yeah. it was like down sunk in. So it would have been difficult for him to see. And mm -hmm. I, you know, and I barely dusted the thing and he was like, they just had to have been running. They were moving. They were covering ground when they went across yeah. there. And he's like, it happened. I mean, he's like, it happens. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not like foolproof. Once they step on it, they're going to get caught. So, um, I moved that trap like, well, I thought I moved it like eight foot spots down. Yeah. I was like, well, they're never going to step there again, but maybe they'll hop on the same trail because it's kind of like... If they come back through again, they'd have to go out of their way to get around that mm -hmm. spot kind of thing. So I was like, well, I'll just move it down a few. And then I was down there talking with him, and he's like, they're not going to use that trail again. <laughs> he's like, when something like that happens, they, maybe next year you'll be able to fool them in that spot. But so I went back, and I was like, well, I'm going to pull this, and I'm going to move everything because they – the next time they came through, they went a diff totally different spot. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll move – a bunch of this gear. Um, I had one more set to put out, and then I wanted to pull that one and move it to a different spot. So I go walking out the tracks, and I was like, I'm like looking. It had snowed a bunch, and I was like walking along thinking, oh, yeah, it should be right up there. It's like four or five more footsteps up. Click. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, I'm standing on that trap right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I just set this thing off. So I just quick. Kicked my foot out and the thing slammed shut, but it didn't. I mean, I had bunny boots on, you know, yeah, so it I mean, wasn't like. Well, it, my and I, I mean, I don't have to. Deal. My feet are are like Bigfoot, so. I, well, I mean, with bunny boots, even I don't think. I mean, it would have number nine. I don't think it's going to do. You know, it's not going to be a big deal. But because what he heard was the was the dog clicking off the pan. Yeah, and his, your my, feet were holding weight, the jaws down. Was, yeah, know? exactly. The whole thing was not was not sprung yet, and I was just standing there. Here I'm like standing on a trail all by myself, looking around like, man, it'd be weird if somebody was watching my dumb ass right now. <laughs> like, it's, what was that movie where the guy like steps on? It's some kind of landmine where you step on it and you hear it click. But it's like when the pressure comes off, comes the off, thing it is when it's going to go up. Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Except for I knew, I knew what kind of program I was dealing with. So yeah, I caught, I um, I caught myself in a uh, long spring trap to this year as well. <laughs> um, on my hand, I was, I didn't have normally. I use like a, I'll 
throw snow on on the trap and then I have a paintbrush, like a six inch yep. paintbrush that I carry with me and I just kind of like brush it off, does a real good job of like smoothing it, making it look yep. like real nice undisturbed, and undisturbed, yeah. exactly. Um, and I was like, oh, I was kind of like rushing it a little bit and I was like, oh, I'll just use my glove and I went to like <laughs> br- brush the snow off and pow, slammo, shut right on my hand. My Uncle Jerry's <clears throat> got story, well- I've got stories too, but my uncle, <laughs> one of his stories is this wolf trap. He had, uh, you know, same thing, like leaning off the sled, not touching the ground. And yeah. So he's, he's like, I put just a little bit too much snow on there. He said, so I, you know, pulled my glove like a little bit partially off my hand and went and just whoosh, whoosh, snap, caught him right across the knuckles. Oh. So he got himself off. He's like, first time he's like, oh, I can't believe nothing's not. You know, it's not broke or nothing. All right. right. Reset it. Ah, did it again. Snap. Got himself twice in a row. Twice. And number nine like that. And he said, uh, he's like, well, but I I caught a wolf in that set. Right. There you go. But I don't know how many times I've I've caught myself in just about, I've caught myself once in a number nine. 330 is the only thing I've never caught myself in. And that, I'm like extremely careful about those yeah. things but i remember the last the last one i vividly remember getting myself caught in for some reason like or we're just was the trap that got yanked out of the box was some number five basically a beaver trap but we had it in a in a lynx cubby just for the size and the thing with lynx is they're not they're not very strong critters like you could hold them in a zero if you could get a good grip on. Get a good on grip them. on their foot, yeah. But their feet are so freaking big. I mean, like yeah. a big Tom's feet are as big as a They're wolf's. Huge. Especially when you when you put the noose on them and they open their feet up. Yep. That last couple of before they expire, they give up the ghost. They open yeah. their feet up and it's like, man. The big, it's yeah, like six. I mean, that's six inches across, toe to toe. Oh, absolutely. Easily, maybe even seven. And they, uh, <clears throat> so anyways, a big, a wide jaw spread trap is nice because you have a better chance of getting a good grab on their foot. But so we had this number five, and um, and I had all you know, sprung it to reset it. We'd got a bunch of snow on there or something, and. I was sitting there and I was reset. I didn't want to reset it on my leg. It was a coil spring. So I was using my hands to reset it on this tree. So put the trap on the tree and push Push down the spring, the ears of the springs, and then, you know, hold it open as I reset the dog and everything. My uncle's like, so where's your camera? Cause I'm going to take a picture of you when you catch yourself. (laughs) I said, shut up. I'm, you done this a thousand times i'm fine mm-hmm. sure as shit snap <laughs> right on my thumbs oh yeah i think i had both thumbs in there i can't remember that would make he sense thought, to have both your thumbs in there he you thought would push with your palms yeah, and you'd use your just thumbs in to, you know all them gloves that yeah. just slipped and oh he thought it was funny as shit he fully wanted to grab my i think my i don't know whether he didn't take a picture of it but oh, that's he was unfortunate he yeah should have Anyway, yeah, my hand was a little sore after that one, but uh, yeah, trapping can be a little little frustrating, but... uh, Um, Honestly, for so I have two different lines with a total of 12 miles. It's like 12.6 or something like that. So for having 
few foothold traps out, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And being my second year and actually catching some stuff. Well, no, that's great, man. I'm super. I think you're I'm, doing good. I'm, I'm really happy that it's that it's working out. It's fun to be getting some fur. and As much as anything gets you out and doing uh, stuff in this time of year, huge. man. That's I've been, huge. I've been busy enough, and, you know, whether it's just an excuse that cats aren't worth that much this year. Uh, I've just been busy enough that I have not done anything any trapping so like yeah. i think it's great you're out doing it and no uh, it's fun for sure i've six, I, i'm like I've, gone, I've put not just trapping but i put 600 miles on my sled this yeah. year oh already. that's awesome yeah no for sure i mean it's nice to see how that's really opened up winter for you especially oh, since your knee injury and you're not skiing anymore not, yeah exactly no for sure so it's definitely is it's big it's a lot of fun i've seen you know, I've seen so many moose. I had a moose. I was following like a fifty-inch bull that, like, I was seeing him in the same place every yeah. single day. And I'm just look like, for antlers. One of these days, <laughs> I'm gonna pull by here, and he's either gonna have one antler, he's gonna have no antlers, or you know, and I'm gonna be able to just walk over and walk yeah. around a couple of times and find him. And sure enough, as soon as I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna happen, because I found a shed last year on my on my line, and I was like, this is right about right about the same time. Vanished like a fart in a windstorm. <laughs> Gone. Well, did I tell you last? Uh, it was last year. I was coming back from checking traps at night down at the bottom of the hill where our road hits the main road. I'm coming up, and there's someone like up in front of me, like slams on the brakes. Some Subaru. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then I, I get up there. I'm like, "Oh, that's what you're doing." This like 50, 55 inch bull runs across the road, like just right down here. Oh, really? I was right like, on. "Oh man!" I was like, right at the time of year when they're about to be dropping too. I was yeah, like, yeah, ah. yeah. They'll be laying around somewhere. But for sure, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'd like to Trapping. do that. I'd like to go out in the spring somewhere. Like find a spot where there's some. I know a lot of guys do it. Go out and pick up some moose sheds. I'd love if to you, have a few. I think the key, you know, I think guys. Well, and there's a few guys that that do pretty good at. it. I think the key is knowing because those bulls will like yard up together in the winter. Yeah. It's just knowing, and especially you know, guys with the airplanes have an, an advantage Obviously, because yeah. if you're interested in that or your travels take you by where mm-hmm. you're seeing where all these bulls are yarded up, then. It can be productive. I mean, it, it's not like down in the lower 48 where, oh, we'll just start marching through the woods and try yeah, to find a... No, exactly. Which, that, granted, that's probably not as simple as I'm making it out to be either, but um, just the density's way lower, so I've never never really bothered to, bothered to look. Um, but, yeah, speak, yeah, it's trapping, and, or lack of trapping and cabin fever. I've been diving into the, the Facebook... The debates a little more than I probably oh, should be lately. It's been caught up in that shit. I can't. <laughs> I'm like, as I was saying yesterday, I was like, if I had to get caught up in that shit, I'd first have to get an Instagram yeah. account, a Facebook <laughs> account, all sort of crap that I don't. I already feel like I don't. You know, I'm not even working right now, and I feel like I'm a limited amount of time just to do the stuff that I want to do, being outside and shit. You know. Yeah. But. Well, and you're, I make, you're wrapped up tight into into some uh, debates right now on online. Huh? Yeah, well, and I I mean I make a part of my not a huge part, but a part of my living, you know, doing content for that giving, stuff. Giving some guys shit on giving Facebook. guys shit on Facebook. <laughs> if I could only get paid, I would probably <laughs> yeah. for a while. I would be thoroughly 
satisfied if that was my job. You could get actually paid to do that. <laughs> but what, yeah, lately, I don't even know why, because most of the time it's like, all right, you know, if it's something I care about, I'll say my piece and yeah. or get a little jab in and be done with it, move on with my life. But I don't know, the past, since I got back from SHOT Show, I've just been in a fucking cantankerous mood, man. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's like, I can't let a couple things You just go. can't there's, let them go, huh? There's one that's like, you know, one that was like a bare defense handgun, whether 10 mil or not, whether 10 millimeter was an adequate bare defense. I feel vindicated that Phil Shoemaker thinks that I'm, my opinion is of the correct Well, coming from a guy that knocked down a bear. With a nine millimeter with a nine millimeter and has yeah. basically made it his entire live you know well not say made a living out of getting in precarious situations with brown bears yeah you know i i i didn't i mean i can only go off my experience and i what i try to learn from guys that have way more experience than i do with Yep. brown bears whether it's luke or whatever and it's not just necessarily brown bears either it's you know it's just bears in general people i don't know it's the same <laughs> back to the whole like you're probably more likely to get bit by a shark than a gun blowing up in your hand i'm like i'm cruising on like i can walk on water right now it's <laughs> like it didn't blow up my hand but i was standing right there it's like yeah <laughs> I'm not going to get attacked by a bear. I'm not going to get struck by lightning. There's yeah. shit happening to me. <laughs> I'm going to knock on some wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, not going to, yeah. But it's bears in general is what, you know, and it's like, I don't know. A lot of these people I think that you're dealing with that are on behind, sitting behind their keyboard and behind their screen, are these people even from Alaska? Are they even dealing with bears, or are they just throwing their, the main their guy, opinion out there, whether it's right or wrong? And you know, the main you know. guy that in this particular debate, it was kind of a debate among writers, like, and the guy that was kind of button heads with me and Phil is a gun writer, and, a, and an experienced gun writer, but I, I'm going to take Phil's advice over his in this particular context you know mm-hmm. if it's african game or whatever you know i don't know i i have my specific opinions mm-hmm. on bear defense and what i would use for one based on you know a my experience and i try to learn from the guy you know like i think i have stuff to learn from you and your guiding experiences and luke and phil and Anyone else that I can Just learn from or skip, anyone, you know, you can learn something from when it, you know, it's any you learned know, information is and, valuable information. And I don't know, man, what it, what it boils down to, like there's good, you know, in it's popular thing to get tied up in because there's no way you can ever definitively win a debate on bear defense or, or have any kind of definitive result results if you want to call it that because every freaking situation is going to be you totally unique every bear is unique yeah it's just i don't know i look at and i've probably people probably get sick of hearing this from me but i look at it as just a the bear defense it's like a roll of the dice man any you know Mm -hmm. a you know as far as handguns go if you get 
in a situation where a handgun is the only thing between you and a bear like that's attacking you, shit's already gone way freaking way wrong. Way too far, yeah. And you're going to be wishing you had a rifle. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm of the mindset that something that, A, you will carry, you know, when you're in the field or in, like, a potential, not an expected, if you expect or, like, you're going into a bear bait or something, like, where there's a, Good, good chance, chance you're going to run into a there. bear. Yeah. You're freaking stupid. You're stupid if you don't have a big rifle. Yeah. Um. So you know that leaves everything else where if you're if you're dependent on a handgun, a you're really not expecting to get attacked. So you, you know, depending on what you're doing, you got to be willing. You're going to have to have something that you're going to carry all the time. Oh yeah. And I and used it's to carry not those. Be a cannon. I used to carry those big revolvers, and they're. Fucking pain in the ass. Like oh, there, yeah. there's a you know there's some people that still lug them around, but most of the people I know, it's like, it's just not worth it for. It's a cost benefit analysis basically. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, well, I could just really dive off the rails into that, but that's one recently that I've been. I kind of the guy that blocked you. No, that's not the guy that blocked me. <laughs> so the guy like, that the, you're in it deep. Like, oh, you're I'm in it deep enough to like be going back and forth still with some guys and being <laughs> blocked by other <laughs> <Yeah>. ones. <laughs> like I said, like it's oh, been boy. a couple different ones that. Well, the other one is uh, is uh, before I reveal information about this. Let me just ask you this: You started shooting a traditional bow last year. Mm-hmm. Would, I've thrown it down more than once. <laughs> would you think? Would you think the term "struggle stick" uh, gives a negative connotation to no. traditional archery, I, or is it a more an accurate, it's humorous? Very, very much accurate. <laughs> very, very accurate. So, no, my my recurve has hit the ground a couple of times <laughs> with the bear <laughs> yeah with the bear standing there standing one of the times <laughs> no it didn't hit the ground till after you shot him in the throat <laughs> oh and actually yeah exactly it actually hit him at that point in time but yeah i still threw my bow down pissed off yeah no and that's not the only time i mean just shooting a target i threw it into the bushes one time at my house <laughs> i was yeah. pissed off i'm like how come i can shoot so fine for like three straight days and then all of a sudden i was like this fucking thing sling dude it's well and i guess for the listener like the background explaining why i get into these some of these just stupid no, time wasting stick is is just just fine i think that that's you know perfect and, explanation and if you you know i'm most people who listen to this probably are familiar with kafaru cast but air like I th- I think Aaron's probably Aaron Snyder's probably responsible for that becoming a well, a more well-known term. It was I think Ryan Avery who one a guy he knew called called traditional bows str- the struggle stick. Right on. But this isn't even new. Like I think Aaron started calling it that a couple of, like when he first kind of made a switch over for a year. And yeah, some old guys got pissed and butthurt about using the term struggle stick. And that's, I mean, this is like a couple of years ago. And then just in the past week when I'm all pissed up, pissed off, I'm all pissed up and worked off about this other stuff. About this other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They, you know, I see this stuff kind of pop, cropping up again. And like, I don't think Aaron's even really like been using the term heavily lately by any means. But, uh, 
Oh, just saying stuff. Just basically saying that they think, oh, well, use the term struggle sticks going to turn people off and it makes, you know, has negative connotations. And I'm like, really? Is it this big a deal? I'm really, I could give a shit. I never even really used the used it because who cares but i think it's funny i can appreciate it oh, heck yeah you know and well it's not a struggle whatever i was like bullshit <laughs> i'm like well, i could shoot at a pretty high level and i mean every freaking day sometimes is it doesn't mean it's bad no exactly you know these are the same these are the same guys easy. that are making fun of compound shooters because it's too easy yeah well. you know taking pride in in a traditional bow that's a little more challenge that, that is more challenging to, I say master. You can't really. I don't think any human being can master it. But uh, any of these kind of conversations, man. Uh, you know, you hear about this kind of shit all the time. It's not like this conversation, this little tiff going back and forth with these people is like the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, I'd so love if you could just flip a switch and be like, okay, you're both standing in front of each other now. Now, do you have the same shit to say that you do when yeah. you're sitting behind your computer? Or, all right, house? we're both on the line. Let's sling some arrows and see what exactly. Like, put two people standing in front of each other, and neither of them have the same shit to say most of the time that yeah. they do stand, sitting behind their phone or their computer or whatever. It's like, it's like this whole social media thing has just given a green light for everyone to shit all over each other, and a lot of the time for no good reason. Yeah. Just to try and stir the shit pot. Yeah. And I sometimes will time. stir the shit pot. But <laughs> it is a waste but, of time, man. But uh, yeah, I was, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the mood I've been in lately where uh, I just can't a let. Case of the Februarys. Case of the Februarys <laughs> in interior Alaska. <laughs> it's like somebody get this guy some Copenhagen. Yeah. <laughs> But after six, almost six months now, I can't, I can't go back and do it. It's just, it was too freaking hard to quit. I made it through the whole shot show without, Yeah, I fine. smelled it one time. That's, that's what told me I had ultimate control as I was able to take a can, pack it, smell it and hand it right back. Oh man, that's crazy. I don't want to play that game. <laughs> I'm lucky. I've convinced all my friends that dip to quit. So I don't have to be around anyone. Pretty much. I don't have to be around anyone that dips anymore. It's like, finally, I'm like, yes, they listened. I don't have to see it. I don't have to <laughs> yeah. smell it. I don't have to deal with it. It was a selfish. Was, it was, was a selfish reason was you made. You talked us all into yeah, quitting. I totally Jeez. talked you guys into quitting so I didn't have to deal with your shit anymore. I ran into a guy the other day, and he had a big old, he had a Campbell's soup can, and he had a huge lip mud going, and he's just spitting in the Campbell's soup can, and I was like... <laughs> Oh, I haven't oh. seen. I haven't even seen somebody with a dip in their mouth in freaking a year, months. You know, like at least like somebody around me, one of my friends or whatever. Yeah. I was drooling. <laughs> oh, I was drool. Uh, I I don't know. I knew I wouldn't. Good for you, man. Good I for knew Nick, I wouldn't Nick either. Too. But I'm I, glad I d- you guys all I, stopped I, chewing. It's I wanted to smell worth it. it. It's worth it. It's. I I would never. I don't know. Like. I loved every freaking second of it. Oh, so did I. Twenty but straight years. It's it's just not. <laughs> it's a you no. Know, it's expensive. It's not good for you, and it does feel good to know that my entire life is not dictated by a little fucking tin can. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. 
Because you, you, you can lie to yourself and say it's not, but any time that thing's starting to get low, you start get, I start would start oh, getting twitchy. Oh, I was buying, like, logs of the shit. Yeah. By the time, I, like, before I quit, there was no running out ever. That was, like, not even a word in my vocabulary. Words I re- running out? No, yeah, running No yeah. way. I remember... I remember years was my uncle because he's he's like I shoot for or I I dip for however many years and that I that was twenty years ago thirty years ago so I could start again right now. Oh yeah. But he uh, he said, well, put think about it this way: Would you rather go for a day without food or a day without Copenhagen? <laughs> I definitely when I was dipping, I'd yeah, go for the, no food, for no the day. food, yep. <laughs> 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 that was a lot easier to uh, uh yeah. to comprehend. Yeah. Now it's like I got basically an extra or I'm either going to save a pound or I can bring a pound of other shit that's when I go sheep yeah, hunting. exactly right. Yeah, you got something else, some other little goody thing that you can bring along with you rather than a bunch of dip. Yeah, it was uh one and the thing I find I guess with quitting and what like really convinced me I I'm going to stick with it is I, uh, it was like this shot show trip. Cause it wasn't, it's not so much the everyday life stuff. Cause I've gotten used to doing that without dipping, but traveling, Yep. you know, it's like, all right, all of a sudden I'm, I, I'm flashing back to traveling. The last time I traveled, I had it. Oh yeah. Type of thing. After a year, you've done everything that you normally do in a year and you're just used to it. Yeah. So how is, is she? So I've never been to SHOT Show, but I've been to SCI a bunch of times, and I've been to other, like, smaller shows and stuff like that. But is SHOT Show, it's more, it's just gun stuff. It's not. Well, it's, there's hunting products, there's gear. Is there actually, like, outfitters there trying to solicit stuff? No, pretty much it's just, it's just into direct industry people whether it's you know you're you have a gun shop you know you're a re an outdoor retailer Mm -hmm. um stuff like that it's it's not open to the general public oh okay you have to be you know some kind of like outdoor retailer sporting goods store uh, ffl like a gun dealer or you know i'm of course go under like it's arguable that i'm media but that's how you're that's end up that's there. how I in there because members of the media can go and, and gotcha. cover it. That's what they were paying me to go do. Huh. But uh it's it's cool, man. Like and having been to SCI myself too, it's a completely different atmosphere. Um it's uh it's like like ten times the size of SCI. Yeah. It's big big. It's it's overwhelming really and I would for me, I mean, it's just a work trip. It's fun. Like the thing I enjoy is getting to getting to talk to people that I and just hang out with people that I work with and email with throughout the year, but she only get to get see to once see a year. See him. Yeah. So that's that's really cool, and you do get to see some cool products. But I end up being end up being so busy. It seems like that I'm just like chasing my tail the entire time there there's just too much to do and not enough time to do it in yeah that's yeah which maybe that's why what's like kind of got me in a freaking got me having a case of the ass was i was well i was telling donald last 
the last podcast I did, I had a conversation with this person who, um, who definitely will remain nameless and faceless because the point of it's not to, not to just freaking throw people under the bus, not to throw this person under the bus or just like go freaking full asshole on them. But, uh, you ever been in a position where, or I'm going to say someone asks you a question and you know, you're just getting like, they're setting you up like a golf ball on a tee. Like they're, they're just setting you up for whatever, you know, philosophical argument they have. Oh, it's like to chew your the ass. The question basically. Is, is starting an argument basically. Yeah. Like before, without so much as saying it, but. Like trying to yeah. put you into the arguing mode. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I have. Every I think everyone has, but yeah. I try to avoid shit like that personally. Well, it was like time for people like that, you know. And it was not just hanging out. You know, I was hanging out with my editors and some of the other people I work with. And uh, of course, like the one time of year where I wear my like brown bear claw necklace, and person sees that, and it was something like, well. Do, do you eat those things or, or do you eat grizzlies or something like that? And I'm like, well, I've tried the ones I've killed and they're all just freaking nasty. And, uh, it kind of side note. I tried brown bear one of the times. And when we, when I first started working, guiding, helping those guys out down there, I was like, this is freaking crazy. Like, it's a crazy amount of meat that's just getting left on the ground every the time eagles, we kill yeah. one of these things. I mean, it's gone in like literally a lot of them, two days. Oh, yeah. And just between, not another bear, between fox, magpies, eagles, you and know, crows, b- yeah. birds eating and fox eating. It really takes a couple of days and an entire like thousand pound animal. Just bones. Just a sack of bones. Um. I was like, it seems like a ton of meat to be wasted. I don't remember whether it was Josh or Luke was like, you got, how many knives you got in your backpack? Hack a piece of that thing off. Get a piece of backstrap. Get a piece off the hind quarter. Get whatever you want. Bring it back and cook it. If you think it's such a waste, try some of it. I hacked a piece off. I took a section of backstrap actually out of one of them and I brought it back and they were like, cook it on the grill outside because you're not going <laughs> to this whole place up. They were like, trust me. When, when my dad started doing this back in the day and he had a bunch of kids and stuff, we didn't have a lot of money. We tried every which way you can to eat this stuff. I tried it. It's horrible. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. And I've, you know, I mean, that's my experience. My experience with the grizzlies and brown bears I've killed is you could you just have to smell the meat? Oh, you know, like just yeah. smell the meat. You Most know, meat is immediately you know whether it's right or wrong. You know, and so I mean that's cut was kind of my answer. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not the most experienced. I I know like I know a couple people that swear they love it, and I'm not going to write it off totally because I'm, sh- you know, bears are kind of an individual thing. Like you get a fall grizzly that's just been eating berries all you know mm-hmm. but but part of my theory i guess whatever whatever it's worth nothing basically but and is is gri- we grizzlies should, we need to make sure that people understand that we're not talking about black bears here no this grizzlies, is strictly like grizzly brown bear situation grizzlies and brown about. bear and i said you know and I, I i told this person this i'm like grizzlies and brown bears like they are filthy animals they're disgusting like, 
just by their nature, I mean, they come out, even the interior ones, they come out of the den in the spring. They're looking for winter kill, rotten, Dead rotten meat, rotten stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of what makes them so, whether you want to call it tough or uh, resilient. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will eat anything. Yeah. You know, I'm not to say that there may not be one or, or a certain percentage of them that would be taste just fine, mm-hmm. but that's not been my experience. Whereas black bears generally, unless they've been on fish or something, black bears, especially in the spring, are, are just fine to eat. But I, so I gave my two cents on this. I'm like, well, my experience, blah, blah. Well, Donnie Vincent said he tried it and it was, it was wonderful. You know, I'm like, well, they're, and granted, in this conversation, there had been some alcohol consumed, so <laughs> you can't like. So, so it definitely ramps the conversation you know, up it, a couple of notches. And so, I'm just like, well, Donnie Vincent's full of shit. <laughs> uh, you know, and granted, yo, know, the 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 one time he tried grizzly, it may have been fantastic, but I'm like, like you can't base everything off something. And that's something like there's people with so much influence that. The people believe whatever they say and take it to the grave is like the eternal, like end all truth, and it's just not that simple a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this conversation was off to like an awesome, off. awesome start, bad, bad start right from the beginning. <laughs> and so, I'm trying to like a like gauge where this is headed, and. Uh, and you know deal with in the meantime it's, well and i maybe i'm just repeating what i was i because i i told don about this a little bit in the last podcast it's like well i have a problem with wanting waste oh yeah you know and i'm like well you all right so what does what does that mean though like to, you to, have to, to the define individual. it yeah you know because i don't consider myself leaving most grizzly bears meat in the field is wanting waste you know i mean it in a way it's going back to the earth and it's providing a lot more it does make a difference as far as the ungulates you know the moose calves that survive that spring you know so Mm -hmm. you're also arguably producing meat by taking that bear out of the equation as well as you know if if it's a any kind of mature boar you're doing the overall population of bears a favor because there's going to be more cubs that'll survive that spring during the during the rut, yeah. you know, rut that the that those that right. that boar would have killed. Um, and I, but you know, it was the same. Like, what what does wanton waste mean to you? What you know, what should you have to salvage? Oh well, the quarters and right. So this is obviously not you know because we're dictated. Our wanton waste is not you know not only dictated by what. What we, how we feel about what you should take out, but our laws in Alaska dictate exactly what we have to take out if we want to hunt again next year or ever for that matter. I mean, it's pretty serious shit. Oh, it is. And, and I try to explain that. I said, you know, I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, so, you know, on a deer or whatever, what, what do you have to take out? Oh, well, sure, sure. You know, quarters and back straps and tenderloins. I'm like, well. If that's all you take out in Alaska, you're still going to jail. Right. Type of thing. Well, you're just being an asshole, which is that's when you, a point you that like I will get pull into. Out, pull out the reg book and just be like, well, I'm read like, this. Am I the asshole that wrote this? Like, I'm like, I'm just trying to illustrate. There's 
there's reasons for these things. Like there's a reason you don't have to salvage grizzly meat, but our salvage requirements for a lot of animals are way more strict than a lot of states. Right. You know, there's some states where it's quarters and back straps and that's it. Hit the road. Yeah. You know, and I may, I may disagree with some cases, like there's some animals that once you, you know, you trim the fat and, and junk kind of off the ribs, there's, there's not much rib meat there but you still take it out but you, you still take it, it out burger yeah. and because you that's the way it yeah. is exactly you know? yeah but yeah i mean and i don't know this person i was gonna like i have heard of this type of person by their own admittance had only been hunting a few years and we're in but we're in a position like a, an editorial position in the hunting space as far as media and there, and I don't, I don't know. I feel bad because I don't want to make anyone feel like they don't belong. No, you're not trying not to. Dis- you're not. Only I don't want to discourage, discourage people. I don't want to yeah. discourage anybody. You know, everybody is on their own. If I'm getting philosophical again, whatever. In my mind, everyone's we need to on. Get a, we need to get as many people on the, the on the hunting and shooting side as possible because I, I just lost one yes on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we, uh, everyone's kind of on their own journey, if you want to call it that, and everyone's at the experience level they're at. So I don't like, I don't want any of it to come across as discouraging people because they're less experienced than, say, me or you or anyone else. Right. Um, but, you know, the, person's in a position of influence. And I think people that are this, less experienced, possibly more liberal-minded hunters. I mean, you know, I have, without trying not to get into politics at all, you know, everybody is, like, I'd welcome anybody of any, like, political opinion into hunting. I think there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, like, be discouraging in that at all. But uh, it's a type of person that I am aware existed but that we don't have to fucking like be around up here so we're kind of ignorant to it yeah and um you know and so i'm basically getting a lecture on why they should set require you know bringing grizzly meat out of the field because well, or I mean, quote quarters you, out of the field what were you to, saying is because they the argument was what we talked about yesterday was the argument was dictating, like, trying to get grizzly bear hunting opened in more the lower so 48. in the lower 48. And to do so, the argument was that we're going to have to require meat to come out. Yeah, to get the, the non-hunting public to buy off on it. And granted, like, I think people that are new into hunting from that more liberal, if you want to call it, background, I mean... They have a perspective and value that I don't have. Like, they ha- can have influence with people in the non-hunt because they can relate better to non-hunters yeah. than, like, dudes like you and me are who just love to kill shit. And, I mean, I, I and I still firmly believe, like, our reasoning and all this stuff is good and valid, but we can't oh, communicate yeah. that to to this type of person near as well. So I think that's valuable, but at the same time, 
you know, you got to understand, this is what I was getting at, you know, okay, so if you think this is what we need to do to win over a non-hunting public to get them to allow allow grizzly hunting, hunting, I'm like, well, how do you address this? Because at best it's going to be hit or miss whether these grizzlies are any good to eat. And some of them may be great. Some of them are not going to be great. It's not like they're eating different stuff than the animals are up here. No. So I'm like, you know, well, and the answer was like, well, you know, even if you just turn it into dog food, well, which you feed it to your dogs, you're going to have parasite issues. But, you know, or do this other stuff. It's like, well, at least you've got to, you know, if you're A, I don't really have any, shouldn't have any say in it because I don't live down there. Like, it's not my fucking deal. Yeah. Um, but aside from just having experience with grizzly bears, it's it's a different realm. Like, I don't think anyone in Montana has shit to say about the way things are run up here. Right. Just like, um, like we shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not your, not, not, it's not my business what they're doing down there. It's right. not their business what we're doing here. Yeah. To a degree. But... I, uh, yeah, I was like, you got to at least like admit that you're just doing it for appeasement, not because of some moral conviction. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, you know, at at what point are we okay with just bullshitting people in order to get, in order to get what we want, we want out of the situation. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, that's an issue for me and, and you know, maybe this person's perspective, and I think a lot of people that maybe aren't as experienced, they will latch on to to strong voices in like the hunting space, like like Steve Rinella, who's like I enjoy his show. Like I think it's one of the best put together hunting shows out there. I never seen it. You know, Doctor Schultz. I read one of his books. Good. Yeah, I haven't read any of his books, but I've seen his you show. Can't like, read. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you kidding? Don't, you don't know. <laughs> don't bullshit. Read. So, <clears throat> but like he he almost has, from what I see, like oh, it's almost like a cult following. Really? Like it's weird, you know. Like there are people that would def- defend him to the grave. Hmm. You know, and not to say that's a bad thing, and it's nothing against him. I mean, I don't have any beef or anything like that. Right on. He, it, you know, what he does, he has a very, like, he, a very good way to communicate what we do to non-hunters. I think it's awesome. Yeah. But I think people who are just starting to get involved with hunting and, you know, like these less experienced hunters, that that's, you know, where... You know, they, they, and it's natural to latch on to some sort of strong influence or mm-hmm. mentor, even if it's, if whether it's someone you know or don't know. But, the, you know, he'll say things that I hear other people that aren't experienced repeat, like they'll just spit it back, you know, kind of, or take it as a, you know, like he'll say, I do, I do this this way. And so they'll want to do that that way, but I don't think a lot of people understand his reasoning. Where I can doing it that way, where realistically, there's four different ways to do it. Yeah, where where like for example, he'll talk about his uh, 
you know, this hunt purity score, which I think I want to say it's something that his brother came up with, kind of like gauging like the quote unquote purity of a hunt on different factors, like how difficult or, or whatever. But I, I take it more as like, I don't, I take it more as kind of a, just a fun, not game necessarily, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm not going to do this because it doesn't qualify on the hunt purity score. What is the hunt purity score? One to 10, one to a hundred? I don't like, know. Like, how do they? I don't know. Like, it seems ridiculous it's, it's an, to me. It's an arbitrary type thing that, but, uh, you know, I hear him talking about it and then this person is like, is saying, well, I, I would, I get the chance to go on the, you know, media hunts or these guided hunts in different places. And I just don't think it would, you know, I'd be earning it or could learn anything or, or because I'm not tied into that land. And I'm like, this is an well, the, issue. Like, well, I mean, to say that if you're going to go on a guided hunt, you're not going to learn anything is ignorant to even say, because that would in my mind would say that you'd listen to not a single thing that whoever was guiding you wherever it may be yeah. was saying because whoever has got got you and is guiding you on this hunt lives there hunts there knows the area knows the animals knows everything about what's going on and for you to say well I'm not going to learn anything on a guided hunt is stupid yeah I think so, too. And that means, in my mind, you're not listening to anything that you're being told the entire time that you're there. Yeah. I mean, and that that was my take on it, too. I was like, don't don't let yourself get in a mindset that you think because, you know, whether it is or isn't because of your mentor's influence. Yeah. Like, if you get the opportunity to go hunt somewhere and you can't, go do it. You're you learning know. by going, honestly, by going, I've, I haven't been on any guided hunts, but by going on a guided hunt, you're learning what would have taken you, if you're paying attention, you're learning what would have taken you, how, how old's your guide? An entire lifetime to learn. You're getting yep. information that is like crucial information to a specific area in a sh- tiny, tiny amount of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only guided hunt I've been on that wasn't, that wasn't a, uh, that I wasn't one of the guides was that hunt in Alberta. And I lie. I did. I went to Nova Scotia. You did? And I went on a deer hunt, but it was like, drop you off at four o'clock in the morning and I'll be back at seven tonight to get yeah. you. You walk out. This is, here's the GPS coordinates to the, tree stand kind of thing so it was like it wasn't like a hundred percent guided like yeah what i'm you know in my mind what i'm trying to portray here is like a guided hunt where you're like one-on-one guided with yeah. someone and they're actually you know taking you around and yeah you know teaching you stuff about the area in so. my in my experience you know as i was the 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 guy that was guiding me it was his first year guiding any you know he's like 23 or something and this was a couple of years ago, so I was still probably 30. And I just told him from the get-go, I was like, I know, like, the pressures that are involved in this. Like, we're just going to have a good time. Yeah. And it was yeah. his first year guiding, and I still learned a bunch of stuff about the area mm-hmm. and whatnot from him. He was from the area. Yeah. You don't have exactly. to. 
Can't go wrong. You know, you... And it's regardless, like, even if you don't kill an animal, like, you don't have to feel like, oh, you earned this, I packed this many miles for this animal, so I'm worthy of killing it. Like, who you know, there's just so much more that you can learn aside from squeezing the trigger on animal. Like, so you do or don't come out with a nice animal at the end of the trip, so what? Like, there's always things to learn, Mm -hmm. whether you're going, you know, running hounds for lions or anything new. I'm like, don't. Don't freaking like try. It's ignorant to try to deny yourself these experiences. You know, now it, it may be different if you're only your attitude is just, oh, well, I want to go do this just because I want to shoot something well, else. Uh, well, that's just it. There's a lot of, don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there that are just looking to line a wall yeah. with heads. And this person did like was not that type of person. You know, just, yeah. and so, so I'm like, don't, you know, don't think that this is that all that it's about, mm-hmm. you know, so that like you're, you're, you're blocking yourself off from a bunch of like potentially cool and cool experiences and knowledge. I mean, I didn't get, I mean, the experience level I'm at, yeah, I learned a lot from what I've done, but I've learned 10 times as much from listening to people who are more experienced Other than me. people, Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. The whole time I'm just like, you got to stay in your wheelhouse. I mean, it, experience isn't everything, but it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. You Without know, a doubt. It doesn't devalue, you know, it doesn't mean you're any less of a hunter because you aren't as experienced. But you should freaking listen to the people who have crocs that have been, have more blood on them than <laughs> you've seen, you know? <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, sure. it just freaking drove me nuts, and it was—I don't know—I like to. Th- I hope that the conversation kind of ended up well, but I approach a lot of situations like any story that I'm ever told from anyone, old timer, new timer, who you know it doesn't even matter. Like if I can just pull one or more anything that I've never heard of, or like any kind of knowledge that I don't know, it's like awesome. Oh, yeah. Perfect situation, you know? Just listen to what people have to say and just try and draw information, uh, you know, from other people's stories. Oh, totally. <clears throat> yeah, it's... Uh, but I could I could definitely see that now that I've actually experienced it. It's, you know... I don't even know what I'm trying to say with that, but it was it was an interesting conversation... Um, kind of. Well, it was pretty frustrating. It's and it's an hour of your life that you're never going to get back. It's an hour of my life that I'm never going to get back. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like you know that whole well, you're being an asshole type thing. I was like, that's the thing that irritates me. It's it's like if I'm going to sit here and listen to you, try and tell me, how try and I tell me act. how I should act. You know, yeah. I I expect at least you know keep an open enough mind. Yeah, to can be to hear out my side. Conversation. You know, there's there's something to you know. There are specific reasons I do certain things or feel certain ways about things that are a lot of times based on experiences that you haven't had. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Probably ought to like steer steer away from this before it just gets totally off the rails. <laughs> I think it's already too late for that. <laughs> 
but anyway, maybe that maybe that's an insight into why I've been so just freaking ornery the past week and a half. You need to get out. Get that sled's got two get feet that. of snow on it. You need to put that. <laughs> yeah. thing. You need to get the snow off that thing and throw a couple, couple of freaking traps on the ground. Something like that. Yep. It's uh, we're I mean we're on the downhill now, but it's still going to be a while before else, spring. It's like five thirty. I'm like. I put my headlamp on. I was like, I don't even need this thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, and that's a cool thing. Uh, that's a cool, a cool thing, thing about this it being time of year. Dark is, around here for a while. It's like, it doesn't take much to make you super excited about, oh my gosh. Well, the other day, I, light out. <laughs> I woke I walked out the door at like eight o'clock and it's light on the horizon already. Yeah. I'm like, we are gained. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time of year when you can really start seeing it come back. Yeah. 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 And it's only what six months to sheep season. Yeah, Come it's only up. how. What's the date today? It is February fifth. Ten days. Ten days, and we find out what the unlucky lottery. Yeah, t- we get it. Get super us, excited. Deals us out to gets, be yeah. super pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I couldn't say super pissed off. I just approach the whole thing like I'm never going to draw shit. So whenever I do, I'm happy about it's it. It's just a, like a conservation donation, what, which is awesome, you know. And it, which and so. The only thing for me is I'd love to just be like, okay, this is what I'm doing for sheep season this year, but I got so much stuff in the hat that I have to wait until that yeah, I'm February, February 15 so that I can be like, okay, now I can make a definitive plan. I'm like, this is exactly what's going to happen in August and how I'm going to approach it. I would like to see like the air charters, like phone traffic <laughs> at like On February the- 16th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely ramps up. People starting to book stuff either because they drew something or yeah. they found out they didn't. But well, I know it's cool. I mean, Anytime I've ever drawn anything on Kodiak, Andrew Air, they they send you out a, hey, we'd like to you to use us as your. We see that you've drawn a yeah. blah blah blah, whatever it may be. I always thought that was cool. You know, it's like people have taken an actual hunting draw and are using it like for advertisement for their company. To well, I want to say that Forty Mile used to do that with the. Was it 40 mile? One of those air services down around either Delta or Toke used to do that for like the Delta motorized and the uh, the mm-hmm. Toke sheep permit winners yeah. as they'd send you a letter with their, I think maybe now for that they, they have no, they book all their stuff up so quick anyway that. Yeah, they don't even have to worry about it. That it's not it. that big a deal. Yeah. But yeah, it's always funny to, uh, A, you'll. Here's the series of events. You check the <laughs> website re- for you. <laughs> you check you check the website out repeatedly, and uh, find out what you didn't draw. Then you find out what all your buddies didn't draw. You look up everybody looks up all their buddies because you can just do a search by In, name. Oh, instantly last name even it's quick. It was the same thing. I I heard about my toke tag from. Nick and John before I ever got a chance I really? knew the results I need up. to get on that group text and be like don't text me at 5.30 in the morning and tell me what I got <laughs> I like it to be a surprise that I didn't get anything <laughs> and then uh, so you do that and then after you've like run through every name you can possibly think of to look up you go to like one of the 
Alaska hunting Facebook pages and like watch everybody bitching about how they're never going to put in again and blah, blah, blah. Fishing game stole their money. <laughs> Whatever. At least the money. I don't know if we talked, if I just was telling this to somebody or if we talked about this on the last time I was on here, but there was a guy, I was getting my hunting license on like January 2nd, hunting, fishing, trapping, the whole thing. And he was just sitting there just bitching about the price. No, I I, like, I haven't heard this, I don't think. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, man, I was waiting to do the same thing he was doing. I was like, you know, I don't really know you, but I was like, you know, rather than complaining about how much this costs, you could look at it like, look at how little the amount of money, it's less than $100 yeah. for fishing, hunting, and trapping. Yep. Look at how little the cost is. For all the stuff that you get to do. Compared to other states, especially. Yeah, exactly. I was like, look at where the money that you're forking over right now is going. And, you know, and his argument was like, well, when I first started getting these, when I was a kid up here, they were, you know, X amount of money. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, a dozen eggs probably cost a you know 20 10 cents, cents yeah. <laughs> at, this, at the same time that you got your first license you yeah. know so i was like things change you know like the whole thing changes and it's like instead of you know complaining about how much money it actually cost you should look at it like you the money that you're forking over is going to a good thing to a good place which it is you yeah. know in my mind, less than $100 for all the hunting and fishing and trapping and everything that I get to do every year. It's like it's nothing. Yeah. Absolutely oh, yeah. nothing. I happily put into these drawings every single year, put tons of money in for all sort of different stuff and rarely draw stuff. And I don't get bent out of shape. Like I was yeah. saying a little while ago, I was like, I approach it like I'm not going to draw anything. Mm-hmm. And if I do, it's just, you know. A bonus, basically. Total bonus, exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're kind of foolish if you depend on the draw for your hunting opportunity because yeah. it's unnecessary, A, and mm-hmm. it's it's just unlikely. I mean, we're, people bitch and complain, but we're pretty fortunate in the prices we have, even with the increase. I think it was like the first it was a increase while. in a long time. Yeah. You know, there's people I talk to all the time that are like, man, I can't believe you can do that much for that little... Oh no! Amount exactly. of money, yeah, and it's and it is go, you know, arguably all going to, you know, let's say all going to conservation is kind of vague and like yeah. the popular thing to say, but it's you know better your money's you know going directly to fish and game, which I think is better than a lot of conservation organizations, which. Reminds me, I wish Nick was here because he he's the one that told me about it initially. And then I talked to my buddy Steve, um, the Alaska Wild Sheep Foundation chapter announced their you know their big like banquet raffle hunt mm-hmm. that they're offering offering raffle tickets for is a desert sheep hunt, a desert ram hunt, hundred dollars ticket for. 1,000 acre high fence place in Mexico. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Not even kidding. But you can upgrade to free range for $20,000. What kind of a joke is that? I don't know. And uh, that's kind of. I don't know that much about it, but I looked into it. Ridiculous. And then it would, yeah, it's like the the hunt for their big raft, you know, banquet raffle is a 1,000 acre, which is like. One and a half square mile 
high fence desert sheep hunt. That's I, and, not. And me personally, hunting. I've I've been <laughs> on the fence with Wild Sheep Foundation for. I used to be a member years ago, and then just had some. Some I a I don't think the national chapter has in the past represented our interests very well or our sheep's interests very mm-hmm. well. Yep, and had had said and done some things that really pushed me away. And the old state chapter didn't do anything, so they they got dissolved, and a new state chapter started. So I've kind of been sitting on the sidelines, man. And, I mean, I love sheep and I love sheep hunting and I would like nothing more than to have a like very effective um, state chapter. We should. We have more sheep than any other state yeah. that that is doing tangible things to, you know, as the, the, the motto goes, put sheep on the mountain. You know, I would, I would love that. I want that. But I've still, I've been on the fence, whether it's, maybe it's wrong of me, maybe it's not, but... I haven't been able to jump back on board because I haven't seen anything yet that's like any kind, anything really more than, and this is my personal opinion, than just a symbolic club, basically, that says, oh, we're four sheep. But I haven't seen any actual, like, tangible things that have made any kind of effect. And maybe that's wrong of me. Maybe I need to, if I want that, to get involved in... So does and each, push for that. But does each state that has sheep have their own? Is it just a chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation, or is each state's totally different than the Wild Sheep Foundation? It might be a little of both, and I don't. I don't think it's even only states with sheep. Like I want to say, there's some states that have chapters that don't even have wild sheep. Oh, really? I can't. I don't quote me on that. No, well, it doesn't. Yeah, but uh, I mean, doesn't even matter. But and I think that there are some state chapters that do really good jobs, and they do some really good projects in the lower forty-eight and um, other places. But I just haven't seen it yet up here. I mean, maybe and maybe you know that's to my fault. Maybe that's something I, if I really want that, I need to get involved and do it's it. Like, that's that it might be a solid me, argument. That's but, like a. It's like an oxymoron to give away a high. Sh- <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm uh, I'm right high, with you. Uh, and I'm like fence sheep hunt on a thousand. What did you say? Thousand acres. Yep. That's like uh, somebody should lose their job. <laughs> that's not that even idea. like. That's not even like this La Palmosa. Is it the the ranch that oh that it's a big ranch? It's high fence. You know, but. It you know I think Pope and Young will accept entries from there, but Boone and Crockett won't. But it's a big giant ranch. Yeah, it's a little more like towards the realm of reality than like this little pen that you could probably shoot them from any. Unreal. You know, it's yeah. I was blown away by that. I where is the place that they're somewhere in Mexico? It is. But I uh, and not to say that like you know there's not value to a high fence place being in operation to raise sheep to maybe introduce somewhere totally different ball game. But nah, when you're about, like though. in Alaska raffling a hunt for like a thousand acre high fence sheep hunt, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I don't know about everyone else, but I would way rather have them, have them raffle off like a, a charter flight to anywhere in the state for 
two guys no, exactly. or something like that. Like, hey, I'd rather yeah. go like do my own thing. I'd rather thing sheep hunt here than for a true wild sheep. Than go blast something in a pen, you yeah, know? It just yeah. And that's not, you know, people will get, you know, it yeah, I'm not dissuading or like saying, "Oh, you're a piece of shit for for participating in a high fence hunt." It's just not it's like the opposite of what most sheep hunters want to hunt sheep for. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't want to go get our desert ram in a thousand acre pen. It's just not, yeah. I, I just don't get it. So I'm like, I'm on the fence. That pushes me the opposite way of the way I would really honestly like to go. Yeah. When you say you're on the fence, you, I mean, we're really talking about <laughs> We're really fence. talking about, we're really talking about fence. fences here. <laughs> So yeah, that was in another interesting, uh, interesting uh, revelation. There's some people that are, I think, righteously bent out of shape a little bit of it. Well, I, can I mean, I can I just mean, give my, you know, my opinion isn't worth jack because I'm not a member. No, but, no um, nor am I. But it seems kind of like whoever came up with the idea was not. That shouldn't be. It doesn't seem to me like that. That's something that that in the realm of reality, even. Yeah, that's like a reflection of the why, why members of this chapter joining. chapter are involved in Wild Sheep Foundation. Right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm just like I'm I tend to be more of a skeptic on and I don't even know how yeah. how'd we get on this? Oh fishing the, your game ca- stuff. Your case of the February is getting you're like getting me wound up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Yep, it is February. We will act, like actually, hopefully, once spring hits, start giving some decent episodes. <laughs> and oh, you just hear know. the freaking cabin fever rants we got going. Oh well, yeah. Um, I got some fun stuff. I got some family coming up here to hang out and stuff. I got some fun stuff planned for the summer, this spring. So should be a good time. Excited to see how the drawing doesn't turn out and get some actual set in stone sheep plans yep. together that's always exciting for me to like actually know exactly what i'm gonna do yeah um, yeah me too i'm the same way although so it's uh it'll be good i'll probably probably be holding the camera hold the camera and hold then the, the camera and then until, the rifle the, for after after the, that until you, the stock is blown and the sheep runs off, and then I'll shoot it with my rifle, and then we'll start over again on another on another uh, stock. Yeah, I've been, uh, as you know, been shooting my, sh- working on my shot still, and shooting it's your, your struggle stick. My struggle stick. <laughs> hashtag struggle stick three times over. <clears throat> yeah. Um, finally, I don't know. The shot's really finally starting to feel re- good. Really good. Nice. Which, you know, it's it's a struggle. I don't know how you can get around it. You know, it's a lot of work. I You know, being down there, like, with Tom when I was down there shooting, you know, he having his, like, instant correction accelerated things and really quickly got me to where, and it was nice because I could see the tight, you know, the, the caliber of shooting I'm capable of. And then you get back, and when you're on your own, you know, it, it just yeah. takes time to really ingrain that and, and develop the long-term consistency. But uh, it's, it's feeling good. I can't wait to get outside. And I've been know. I've been stepping out, even when it's cold, even, like, down even below zero. Just recently in the last couple of weeks, I've stepped out a bunch of times and 
I was like, I just got to keep shooting. Cold, dark, whatever. Just as long as I got enough light that I can see the target and shoot at it. And even if I'm only going out and making like eight shots or whatever, it's like the least doing better than nothing exactly there was like a few months that i didn't shoot at all and i was like i just gotta do it i just gotta you know step out of the funk and get out there and shoot and feels good yeah it'll be uh, be out shooting a little bit yeah anytime it i don't know i'm i've been kind of a wuss about it when it's like 30 degrees or so i'll bring the target outside and shoot but pretty much i've just been trying to really blueprint my shot and and fine tune stuff on the blank bale and I shot cold enough a couple of weeks ago, week and a half ago, where the, one of the, my arrows bounced off the target. He's <laughs> like frozen solid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I've lost a couple outserts because the it's so it get when it's so cold that the the glue like freezes. I, and, plus, when we were down fishing, we brought targets there a couple weekends yeah. ago. When I was with Nick, we shot. I ripped one of mine. Up. Yeah, tar- stuck in the target. Uh, luckily, it wasn't. It was cold enough that they were not going in far enough. Yeah, for it to be lost in the target yeah. in the foam. So I got everything out, but yeah, I ripped one apart. Yeah, so. but spring will be here, and then start start stretching it back out. I guess the, for the sheep thing, I I want to treat it with an overconfidence. I guess. Because it, I mean, I know the odds. The odds are not good. But I think I I mentally need to treat it, like, with absolute confidence. Like, I don't know, what do you, like. I think that like, we Like, I'm going to go, sheep. I'm going to go kill this, you know. Like, I am going to kill one with it. And it, it. Well, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time. And I would be willing to say, you know, like, I think a lot of people approach it like. It's going to take you, you know, like a few years kind of thing. And I mean, I don't want to like jinx anything, but I don't see why we can't just go out and get one the first year. Yeah. Well, if we have, if we have two weeks that we can hunt, I think we can get you, we can get you on a ram and get it dead. I don't see why not. I mean, I yeah. like I said, I don't want to jinx us and it might not happen, but. Well, that's and that's the attitude I'm I think you need to have. Of, I don't want to have my, you know, knowing the odds and being like, yeah, realistically thinking that type of thing. I don't want that to make me to influence my decision making on the mountain. I think it can happen. I think it can I want to. I want to treat it with the attitude of this is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. So yep. that's why I like to approach things, and that's why you know I immediately say like. I think the first year, so long as you're shooting good, I think that we should not only be able to do it, but I think we should be able to film it as well. Yeah. So that'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Film me sailing arrows over these sheep's oh, backs. Yeah. Six no. stacked Robin Hood style. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them will get him. <laughs> I was just I'll, trying to I'll, spook I'll, him towards I'll, me. <laughs> all joking set aside. I'm like, I hope you miss because I'm just going to shoot him with a rifle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! How's that bow treating you now? Oh, you know there'll be some things said. <laughs> oh, there will naturally. But uh, yeah, and then yeah, before uh, that we got spring bears. So oh yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming every year. Every year, man, good stuff. Definitely blessed to live here. Yeah, it's good good spot, man. Anybody that wants to do what we're doing, 
So all you got to do is pull out the plug and come on up here. Yep. Open to anyone that wants to become a resident. Yep. Enough said. Enough said. All right. I'm done. I think we're done. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, um, email podcast at thundertalkak.com and, uh, you know, leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen for. You listen. You listen on, we better just shut this off. Thank you. <laughs> Later.